Hello everyone, welcome to this SCVO podcast based on our book Charities Scotland and Hollywood 20 Years Living Change. My name is Jenny Bloomfield, I'm Senior Policy Lead at SCVO and today I'm delighted to have with me Fiona King, National Campaigns and Policy Manager at Shelter Scotland. Hi Fiona, nice to have you in. Hello, thanks for having me. Not at all. So Make Renting Right is one of the more recent campaigns in our book. Can you briefly tell us what Make Renting Right refers to? I can. So Make Renting Right was a Shelter Scotland campaign which in its, in its simplest form was trying to get better rights for tenants in the private rented sector. Um, but that covers quite a, a wide, complex process um, and we weren't the only organisation working in the space and there was a lot of work um, before that. So this was the campaign that we launched right at the sort of business end mm-hmm. of getting these changes through. There'd been sort of a 10-year policy process, Scottish Government consultation process, and Shelter Scotland had been pushing for change, for equity, for flexibility, for stability, and just for a better private rented sector for some time. So it was a combination of all that work. Brilliant. So we'll get into the nitty-gritty of how you guys worked on that in a minute, but just so our listeners are aware, because of your campaign that you did at Shelter Scotland, what are we seeing now in Scotland that we didn't see before? And is this different to what there is in the rest of the UK? Yes, it is. So um, as a result of the campaign and this work stream in Scotland, there is now a stronger tenancy for private renters across the whole of Scotland, and that was introduced in December 2017. So still pretty new legislation. Um, and it significantly changes the terms that a private tenant enters into that contract with a landlord. Um, critically, you can't be evicted for no reason. That's in its simplest form, that's that's the big change. So the no-fault eviction ground has been removed, um, which gives tenants significantly more stability. So that's the big change, and that is different to what we see in England and in Wales, although there are moves afoot to try and get the PRS to be um, a more modern sector in in both those countries too, but this is an area where um, the Scottish Parliament has made great strides and the the legislative framework in Scotland is significantly stronger. Brilliant, amazing. PRS, that's private... Private rented sector, yeah, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> just, uh, I'm not familiar with the with the term and um, yeah. just for our listeners as well. So, that all sounds great. So, you mentioned briefly at the start there that this has been part of a sort of... The campaign was sort of at the end of a really long process. So, how did that process begin and when did that process begin? So, essentially, in, in, in Scotland, you have either owner-occupiers people who rent social housing from either a council or a housing association or people who rent from a private landlord. So that's the private rented sector. And this this campaign and this whole work stream came out of the fact that that private rented sector has grown significantly. So the current figures are that it's tripled in size since Mm -hmm. 1999. So there's been sort of exponential growth in the private rented sector. And when we and other organisations started to look at the private rented sector regime and the tenancy people had it just not it's just not fit for purpose it wasn't working for people so it used to be a very small segment like people either had social housing or own their own home and private renting worked for 
you know, young people and people working in bars and a very mm-hmm. small segment of, of the community. And with this huge growth, it, it became very apparent very quickly from our casework that there was lots and lots of different people having to use the private rented sector and with very few rights, with it not being very stable, with rent increases being very unpredictable, with repairs and conditions, that something needed to be done to sort of balance out the relationship between landlords and tenants. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it was a huge modernisation programme, really. Mm-hmm. It was no longer meeting the needs of people who were renting privately. Um, and with it continuing to grow, we thought that really needed to, to change effectively. Okay, brilliant. Um, so you mentioned this a few times, like, so like many in our book, you worked in coalitions, so you worked with other organisations, and I understand that you collaborated with quite a large number of organisations for, for, for this work. So I think in our book it says that you know, there were about 30 organisations that you worked with at various points. Yeah. Did you always set out to work in this way, or did this sort of just come about as you were sort of progressing the campaign and the research? Um, I mean, I think... Because Shelter Scotland's homelessness and housing organisation, we were sort of right at the forefront of that. And, and a lot of our evidence and reasons for doing this policy and then campaigning work was it came out of our casework. So we were seeing more and more people come mm-hmm. to us, problems with their landlord, problems with repairs, some of the conditions people were living in, like huge rent increases with no notice whatsoever, people being evicted for no reason, all sorts of problems. So, so really the genesis of this is from our case work but absolutely we weren't the only organization aware of the issues in the private rented sector so where there were some obvious natural allies and organizations who were also in, in a similar space um, and so we always set out to try and build a pretty broad coalition to show that there was support for change and there was nothing to be feared from change and that the beneficiaries would be pretty broad and and wide so this wasn't kind of almost niche housing policy this was about a really really positive change for lots and lots of renters in in the region of 300,000 renters so we kind of set about to work with lots of different organizations we wanted individuals to sign up and become part of the campaign and then we went out politically to politicians of all colors Mm. and asked them to sign up Mm. as well so uh in many ways there was broad support this wasn't one of the campaigns we were working on where we were going against the policy grain or the political grain or suggesting something that was totally out of kilter with with what everyone else was working on i think there was a growing realization both from consumers and from the landlord side that there needed to be changes and improvements in the in the private intersector tenancy and then just thinking practically about the other organisations that you worked with, um, obviously every organisation has got its own priorities and the only things it wants to focus on. How did you sort of overcome, sometimes I know when organisations work together, there can be a few difficulties that crop up naturally. Yeah. Was there anything where that you found really worked for you in terms of making sure that you could continue on the campaign? I mean, I think anyone who's worked on a, on a Parliament bill will know they get quite intricate and, and mm. detailed and you mm. are dealing with 
um, the, the sort of detail of new legislation and, and need to see that process through. Mm. But I suppose this campaign stripped all that out and went out with a much simpler line. Do you, do you think there should be a, a more stable, more flexible, more modern, more fair and more predictable private rented sector? Mm-hmm. And so, so a, quite a low bar. <laughs> I don't think there was very few people who thought, absolutely not we should have a really unfair system so we tried to go out to people with something that was easy for them to get on board with and sign up to even if in terms of the bill process they might have a slightly different emphasis or a slightly different Mm -hmm. priority area Mm -hmm. because you're right that is what happens people have the areas that really are priority for them Mm -hmm. um with a couple of the key organisations, I don't know whether to, to say with who they are or not, but with a couple of key organisations, we did have strategy meetings mm-hmm. to, to say, look, this is our big ticket item, this is your big ticket item, and that's okay, we won't brief against, we'll be sort of warmly supportive, but we're going to go big on this one, you go big on that one. Yeah. And we sort of, um, internally, we had a priority list of things to get through the bill mm-hmm. and an absolute like no non-negotiable right through to we could concede a bit of ground because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's all about the, the kind of give and take yeah. in the bill process and the you know some wins for the other side so where could we give ground where would we properly up the public comms if it looked like it wasn't going mm-hmm. the way we mm-hmm. thought it should so there was a kind of plan and yeah. lots of organizations played their role yeah. in that so i think on the consumer side anyone who represented kind of tenant students people who used the private sector citizens advice all of those kinds of organizations who, who were championing people's rights we were all broadly in the same mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. the slightly more tense conversations <laughs> were with the landlord yeah lobby yeah sure on the other side brilliant great um it's obviously a key part of your campaign involved building support in parliament um so how did you go about doing this did did you always work like cross-party or did you have different tactics for different people were there some that you approached more than others what was your so the the, the tactic was to to try and get as high a number of MSPs signed up as, as possible across the, the five parties um, with the SNP um, government that's always going to be a different conversation to those in opposition but I think sort of as I said earlier this wasn't something that was deeply controversial going against the grain so mm-hmm. the Scottish government had already done a lot of work and um, civil servants we've been in that policy process for some time so this, there was definitely appetite for this. And I think our role with the different parties was whatever their starting point was to provide the information and the evidence and the arguments to sort of get them to a place where this was palatable. For the SNP government, that wasn't that hard. It was almost a reassurance to say this is the right thing and, mm-hmm. and almost to encourage... Um, them to be as brave as possible, yeah. to be as bold as possible, yeah. because there was a lot from the from the landlord um, groups. There was a bit of pressure that this would stifle the private rental sector, that it would shrink the private rental sector, that there would be cataclysmic economic 
impacts of this change, that people would flee the market, you know, proper doomsday stuff. And I, I felt it was our role to, to bring some common sense to that and bring some evidence from other countries, but also some, um, some of the case studies, bring some people into this, explain the situation and, and, and give that reassurance that that was, that was all. And were you able to find any landlords or landlords, smaller landlord organisations that were supportive of that? Yeah, yeah, there were some. Um, I mean, the Scottish Association of Landlords, SAL as an organisation, were broadly supportive of reform. There were a few um, details that <laughs> we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on, but they, they realised that good, a good tenancy regime and good tenants who know their rights and responsibilities and good landlords who know their rights and responsibilities is best for everyone. Mm. What a landlord wants is, you know, a good relationship with their tenants, good tenants who pay their rent, who treat their property with respect but see it as their home. And what ten uh, tenants want from their landlord is good communication, fair rent increases, um, good conditions, and for it to be a more equal relationship. So I think there was definitely some landlord groups and letting agents who saw this as almost like cementing good practice yeah. and a good way to flush out bad practice, mm -hmm. if you like. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think the other one of the other things that was an important tactic was there is a lot about rogue landlords and slum landlords and things, but we quite consciously didn't want to sort of tar everyone with the same brush. There's There was... There's a need for, given the chronic lack of housing in Scotland and the lack of social housing and the affordability issues, there's good private landlords are absolutely critical to the current housing system. Mm -hmm. And so there was, there was absolutely no desire to demonise landlords. Yeah. It's about bring, getting a consensus and bringing everyone with us. So going out to political parties was about, depending on where they were, giving them the arguments and the facts and figures and the or the case studies to get them to to a point where they could support it. I have to say the Scottish Conservatives didn't ever support this campaign. No. Um, but the other the other four parties willingly kind of okay. signed up. Uh, and I think that was that was reflective of where, where yeah. people were. I'm quite surprised about that actually because the Scottish Conservatives tend to be very supportive of small business. Um, so, you know, individual landlords who are doing a good job, etc., etc., and not being outcompeted by scrupulous bad landlords, you'd think would be kind of yeah, up the street. Yeah, but the, some of the landlord groups were putting forward quite a strong argument around you should be able to evict or get someone out of your tenancy mm. whenever your property, at whatever point, however you want. So there was a sort of almost an ideological yeah, okay. debate there about yeah. whether. And did you just take the decision? We're just not going to get. Into we that. engaged yeah. fully. We had an awful lot of meetings. We gave evidence at the um, local government committee or the infrastructure committee, as it was then, mm -hmm. and and you know went through these things, engaged with conservative MSPs, and had some really good, really robust sort of discussions. Mm -hmm. But I think almost ideologically, they felt uncomfortable moving into this space because it it. It, the new tenancy does effectively give people an indefinite tenancy, mm -hmm. albeit, of course, if you're not paying your rent, yeah. 
or you've trashed the building yeah. or whatever. There's, there's ways and means to end a tenancy in a responsible, clear way, yeah. but you can't just end your tenancy, end your tenant's tenancy one month, jack up the rent £200 and then let it out exactly the same the next month. Yeah. So there's a there was a bit of an ideological shift. But yeah. I have to say, I mean, a lot of um, politicians we worked with on this they know the problems in the private sector. Mm. Housing is the number one mailbag issue for um, MSPs in covering all of the problems. But private rent sector has, with the growth of the sector, mm. kind of crept up. And so people, this really resonated. People saying, yeah, you know, I have constituents going to me or we know people who can't afford their rent or have just been evicted for really short notice or who, my kids have gone off to university and can't find anywhere they can afford or... You know, all sorts of problems. So this was very familiar problems. And I said, I suppose what we and others who were supportive of this were suggesting was a, an improvement to that, yeah. a solution. Yeah. So you briefly touched on that. Um, in terms of you were saying that there was sort of public support for these changes. Um, so I wonder what else you'd say was key to your campaigns, whether that was research or media work or public support all of the above I think a mix of all, all of the yeah. above um, I I suppose as a learning point for, for me and for us we weren't able to galvanise the kind of public support that we would have maybe hoped yeah, in the number and the volume mm. but that speaks to so there's in the region of 300,000 households in the private rented sector but they're not a kind of homogenous group mm. who have tenants groups and who are set up uh, it's very diverse it's very dispersed it's very disparate and it was very hard to harness the power of, of, of private renters and the needs of private renters in, in Edinburgh is different to Aberdeen is different to rural areas different again in Glasgow in Dundee so um, I mean we got good public support but given that I would have thought nearly all of those 300,000 should have signed up, we didn't get anywhere near that number of signatures yeah. because it's hard to access. Okay. And I think as a housing organisation, one of the things Shelter Scotland struggles with is um, people only come to us really when there's problems. Mm -hmm. But until that point, engagement, you know, very few people sit and look over their, their tenancy agreement looking mm -hmm. for the flaws and the problems mm -hmm. when there's nothing going wrong mm -hmm. <laughs> it's only at the point where there's an issue so really we had great support from a lot of people who really had been um, negatively impacted by the current system yeah. but explaining the virtues of a new system to someone who hasn't had any problems with the current system is a hard kind of yeah. conundrum so yeah. um, hard to hard to to kind of galvanise volume support from, from private renters, although some very active support from small groups. Um, we did do a lot of media, I suppose. It's quite hard to sometimes distill down quite detailed policy into a really appealing, captivating media message. Mm -hmm. So I suppose, like a lot of organisations, you're, you're trying to actually progress something quite complicated and, and also want it to be easily understood. So some of our other contributors said that they, for media work in particular, they did quite a lot of, if they saw something wrong in the media, they would like write in 
like writing letters or responding to articles? Yeah. Did you do any of that sort of thing? Or? We did quite a lot of that. Um, we went. We were. We were very much led by the human stories of our clients. I think that's probably the strongest suit you've got because that's the human impact of of a poor regime mm. and showing all the ways that the current system was impacting on people negatively and making people's lives really awful and um, showing that there's so many more families in the front-range sector, so many more children. Uh, so I think, I think kind of real stories really helped us in our media work. Um, and then for different audiences, so for example, um, some of the Scottish Government discussions, that was much more fact-based and a lot more um, looking at the numbers, looking at the growth and looking at some of the some of the rent level data we could pull together. So I suppose just adapting. So in terms of that research, was that did those numbers all come from your casework or was that, did you do some national some surveys? Some casework. We didn't do any national surveys, but there's there's different data sets available. Okay. There's some not not much I have to say, but there's a little bit of Scottish government uh, information, and then some like Scottish Association of Landlords holds a bit of information, mm-hmm. and others bits and bobs. So there's there was some data that we could pull together to put into a kind of coherent argument, sort of. Great, <laughs> that sounds good. That all sounds good. Um, so then, just finally to finish off. I was going to ask you whether private renting is sorted now then, but I think I know you're going to say it's not. Maybe you won't, maybe you'll say yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it's quite a big question. I think, I think passing legislation is one thing, delivering on the policy intention behind legislation is quite another, mm-hmm. and it's practice on the ground and it's what's really happening that is the more important element. Um, so some of this is about people being aware of their rights, aware of their changes, and the, letting the new tenancy bed in and, and everyone seeing the benefits of that. But I think it, it needs to be recognised what a significant step change this was and how brave of the Scottish Government it was to introduce quite bold legislation. Um, and so is it sorted... No, there's still lots of problems in the private rented sector. There's still poor practice. There's still high rent levels, poor standards, and, and a multitude of individual issues. But what this new legislation has done is introduce a far fairer tenancy regime where individuals and households and families can challenge landlords on a much surer mm-hmm. legal footing. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And it also has come with sort of array of additional bits of legislation, letting agent regulations and um, landlord registration system and the private rented sector tribunal. So in addition to this kind of landmark bit of legislation, there's been other improvements and modernisation. So I'd say we're more on a journey to fixing the private rented sector, but there's still quite a lot of work to do. Brilliant, that sounds great. Um, I've asked most people when I've been doing this podcast for any top tips for our listeners on how to run a successful campaign. So do you Ooh. have anything that you feel like, having spoken to us just you today... You could have given me advance warning so of that. <laughs> so just, you know, some of the stuff that you were talking about in terms of like working with partners or cross-party working or 
media work? Was it was there anything that you felt, yeah, this was a, this was the thing that really helped us? I think adapting your messaging to the specific audience and not assuming people's worldview is the same as yours mm. or that their knowledge or understanding of an issue is the same as yours. So I think that's, that was really critical in this mm. because mm-hmm. a tenant view is quite different to a landlord view. The politicians all had quite differing views, urban, rural, uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. So there's no point in us just going out with a flat message that's shelter Scotland through and through, but isn't resonating with people. It needed to be adapted for all the different audiences. So I suppose that's not a really exciting, no, radical, sounds, no, radical no. one, but it's it's it definitely helped in this yeah. campaign. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really useful. Thank you. Um, so thank you for coming in. And what we'll do is we'll make sure that the link to um, your own website is up on great. this page alongside the podcast, um, which will pop up um, on our website alongside the pdf of the book as well so thank you everyone for listening and thank you again fiona for coming giving us your time no problem